here at Born on the Beach Studios, of course. And we have a special guest today, Stafford Slick. Special guest. Special. I'll take it. Because he's a Vikings fan. <laughs> yeah. Skull. That's right. Absolutely. Thanks first, for having me, guys. First uh, Vikings fan besides me on the podcast. Well, we had, well, I th- right? the Norwegians are like de facto Vikings fans, right? That's true. Because, and they were rocking the Vikings helmets, <laughs> yeah, the beach okay. volley Vikings, All right. All right. but the first real one. Yeah. Did they know anything <laughs> about football? No. No. Although, well, but, we had Tim Baumgren on. But the, oh, Baumgren, you That's got beat. True. But he we wasn't in. in the studio. That's true. And he didn't go to a Vikings game with me. That's true. Your first <laughs> Vikings game. It was my first. Yeah. You went all out for that. That was pretty awesome. I did. Wore my horns and my uh, blonde braids. braids <laughs> the whole time. He looked like Stafford Slick circa <laughs> yeah. 2014. Yeah. Do you miss the locks? No, I don't. Uh, it was a lot of work. People ask me that. It's weird how many people ask me if I miss my hair. Which I forgot covered. you had it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> until just now, yeah. And there's still people that come up to me like at tournaments like, whoa, when did you cut your hair? I was like, that was like... Two, two, three years ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, People don't forget. I guess people don't forget, yeah. No, it, it got to be a little bit of a chore, so I'm glad I got rid of it, donated it. So, yeah. And it's not, not coming back? You like the clean-cut look? It's not making an appearance again, yeah. I think uh, that phase of my life is over. It's funny, I, I, I talked to some of my good friends uh, about that, and... Every once in a while, I just kind of say, "Why? Why didn't you guys tell me like <laughs> <laughs> what I looked like? Like, why didn't you just kind of level with me?" And they said they tried, but I just wouldn't hear it at the time. So yeah, but yeah, I look back sometimes like, "Wow, that was intense." That's but, so funny. Yeah. How long did it take? Because I mean, you had long hair. Like that was like pretty yeah. far down there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I don't know why. So my dad um, had long hair. Uh, for a while when I was growing up. Uh, he was a potter, so he had his own ceramic studio, his own ceramics business, and so he kind of had that um, that artist style. And so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was an homage to that or what it was, but yeah, like it was, it kind of coincided with my move out to California. So I moved out in 2009, and I just didn't get a haircut again, which is pretty much how you grow your hair. So um, <laughs> anyone can do it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I just started growing it out, and then I guess it started to become like a thing, and then... Paul Mitchell got involved and whatever, and so there yeah, you go. it worked out for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it was a yeah. good, uh, you know, statement look. Sure, for beach yeah. volleyball, you got to create your own brand. It worked right. for that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, and then right when you cut the the locks, you got the goggles. <laughs> yeah, I got jetted you in became the face goggle and guy. Got the goggle guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for new for new things. <laughs> so the goggles entered in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, you're rocking the the Wiley X hat now. That's so right. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The hair got you sponsored. Can't see through the radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Wiley X came through clutch for me for sure with that. Um, people ask about that quite a bit too. Just after they heckle and make fun of me for wearing ski goggles, yeah. even though they're not ski goggles. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny. I. It, People always ask if if I get made fun of for it and heckled and yeah obviously Rosie Raiders called me Horace Grant for a while and <laughs> <laughs> Rambus and uh, yeah just go back to the mountains stuff like that so um, no I get it but then like beach volleyball is rad because they're just sitting right there and I'll be like oh no I like I lost vision for like three hours I almost lost an eye like pretty serious yeah oh whoa i didn't know i'm so sorry (laughs) empathy isn't the strong suit of rosie's raiders yeah right well yeah yeah exactly the raiders i can i can there's no there's no hope for them but 
for the rest of the rest of humanity, <laughs> there's a little bit of empathy that strikes a chord with them. I guess, when, <laughs> yeah. When you get the real story. So, but yeah. Uh, lots of stories that come up uh, when playing volleyball. For sure. What What comes to mind when you hear hot buns? Hot buns? <laughs> I have you no remember? idea. No. What was this? Hot buns. <laughs> hot buns. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. Hot Sorry, buns. I didn't. I didn't remember what how you, well, say how it you in said Chinese. in Chinese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We didn't know either. Yeah. Oh, that was unreal. Yeah. The, you, you, is that still up? What is that? It's got to be on one of your guys' stories. It was a fun Instagram Casey hunt. Patterson. Yeah. Well, Casey. Yeah. So Casey uh, Patterson obviously made a, a YouTube video of it. So we had uh, we won our pool in China. And then we had to buy the whole next day. So there was this cycling, like, electronic voice that was just <laughs> echoing through, like, the back alley behind our hotel. And there was, like, this... It was it was a crazy market, too. Like, fresh food market, vegetables and meat. More than just food. More than just or, food. There was a lot of stuff yeah. going on back there. Yeah. So it was just <laughs> a buzz of activity. But over all of that noise, this just... <laughs> like, crazy noise repeated all day long. Everyone so, in the hotel, all the players, the whole time, were like, you guys hear that? Like, yeah. what is the most annoying thing yeah. on earth? <laughs> People are, like, <laughs> sleeping with pillows on their heads to, like, because it, it goes from, like, 6 in the morning to, like, 8 at night. So. I was I was picturing, like, someone playing Street Fighter really loud and, like, <laughs> yeah, doing right. the same move. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. It was, like, Ken Ryu, to... like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it was... We were we thought for sure it was like some video game or something, and we get down and we're like kind of scoping through this on Chinese market. It. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and we then they like filmed a, it. A scavenger hunt. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we did it through our. I did it through my live story on Instagram, and then Casey ended up put, taking a bunch of clips from all of that and put it into a YouTube video, so you can go check it out. But um, yeah, it was like steam buns, like from from Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> like the little buns he eats. Oh, it was yeah, just steam like buns, pork. not hot buns. Yeah, that's yeah, why you didn't buns. recommend. Yeah, see, I was like, how did steam buns? We just yeah. got back, Stafford. It was like three weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Steam buns. Oh, feels like forever ago. Um, but yeah, no, it was yeah, it was just this guy standing next to this bullhorn that had this little electronic box, like voice box, just charging into it, just lighting up the whole neighborhood. Steam it was unbelievable. Buns. Yeah. Can you imagine working anywhere in that vicinity? He does it from what eight in the morning to five. Yeah, eight, all day. Eight, I mean, it was all day five. long. It was all day long. And how does yeah. someone not just walk by and just smash him? Be like, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you can't we, advertise. Casey and I had a moment. We were like, <laughs> what? What do we do now? Like, we found him. We were like, we got to do something, we, right? Yeah. yeah but we, I mean, it was, it was funny though because they, we were like, can we see what it is? And he was like, he lifted it up and. Got to see the buns, and we like laughed for a little while about that. And then the store owner like came out, and she was like, "Oh, are you interested in seeing like some of our turtles or eels or whatever?" <laughs> so like we walked into the store, and it was like turtles for sale for turtle meat. I don't know, it was weird. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you buy a bun? Uh, no. After we all didn't. that work, yeah. After all that work, we didn't. No. You're buying I, uh, uh, eating street food in China is not the best. Probably idea not the when best you're playing thing. The volleyball tournament. Yeah, true. For yeah. sure. This is, yeah. I'm still new to these yeah. worlds. He's worldwide. He's across the border. Yeah, once. Martinique. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a little, it's, yeah, it's a little different than, than China. Yeah. The Caribbean is <laughs> yeah, basically still the U.S. Staying in an <laughs> all-inclusive resort where everyone spoke English, basically, where yeah. a lot of people did. <laughs> that was, your, different that was your first North Seca, right? That was my first time leaving the country. Oh. Yeah, first, first North Seca. That's amazing. Oh, it was, from what I hear, I was pretty spoiled. 
It looked, like, I mean, it looked the, pretty awesome. Yeah, it was not incredible. I've been to a lot of Norsecas, but I've never been to that Yeah, one. I was just looking at your DVD. I was like, Stafford's been to so many Norseca I think I, yeah, I think I have a couple of records, and I think that's the one that I'm least proud of. Um, <laughs> that's the most Norsega tournaments. Well, it was funny because, I mean, it happened, like, when I moved out in 2009, right? I was training and trying to get on tour, and it was in October, and so, like, spent the whole like winter months trying to like figure out how to be really good at beach volleyball so I could qualify the yeah. next year. And then um, like the tour folded, like AVP folded in 2010. And yeah. so like it was try to scrounge and figure out a way to like keep playing and play against better competition and stuff. And at that time, Norsegas didn't count for international points. They didn't have any prize money. So it was literally just for the experience. And so now we have, and you've participated in them, obviously yeah. like these nasty qualifiers for Norsecas that are basically like AVP main draws without a couple of teams. And like back when I started playing them, it was like, Hey, can we, can we go to this tournament? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That sounds great. We'd love to send you. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, nobody was interested in playing them. And now they're, they're such a crucial part to like building international points. Yeah, I came back. I was like, try, I got 90 points. <laughs> He's like, look at you go. Yeah, you're on the board. You're on the board. You're on the list now. Yeah. You're in the world ranking. Yeah, it's crazy, though. I mean, um, that's such a huge opportunity for U.S. players to go capitalize on. I mean, the teams there are still developing. Obviously, like, there's a couple good teams from Mexico and um, Canada and few super athletic guys that are, well, Cuba obviously has great teams, too, but it's it's really great for for up and coming guys who are interested in transitioning and girls to transitioning over to international play to, yeah. to go and play it was, events. It was a lot of fun, but yeah. Car- Carissa and Katie were like, uh, "Don't get used to this." <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always the like, caveat. Yeah, like the, <laughs> just a heads up, not all our sagas are like this. Yeah. yeah, they're like, "This is not how it usually goes." Yeah, <laughs> there's a handful that you should for sure go to. Cayman Islands is one that was actually. Uh, I think it was, who was I playing with? I was playing with Jennings. So it must have been 2013. And Raji was playing with Ryan Doherty. And that was his first time leaving the country. Really? To Cayman Islands, Norseca. Yeah. Not bad. Which is, which is one of the best ones. Yeah. The guys from the Cayman Islands were great, too. I was, of course, wearing a Maryland flag tank top. And both of them <laughs> were huge Ravens fans. Oh, really? Yeah. That's they were awesome. like, why are you wearing a Maryland flag tank top? I was like, why do you know what a Maryland flag tank top is? <laughs> yeah, like, I wear right. this in California. And people yeah. are like, well, it's patterns on his yeah. shirt <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah there's there's some good that's that's a good little tour a lot of close-knit like teams and camaraderie and stuff like that too yeah because they're all just out there having fun right i mean not a lot of those island teams are even considering yeah. competing like on the world tour so that's just their like avp almost right they get to yeah. hop around to different islands and go to a couple of different countries and have some fun so. yeah definitely a steep there was the competition was pretty much de- cut in half between the right. teams that yeah, were like yeah, kind of yeah, developing yeah. and like you could see the potential in them. And then the teams that were just like, Hey, we, uh, we represent the Cayman Islands for the only two people on the Island <laughs> like, who play oh, volleyball. Right. So we played at PE <laughs> once and my PE teacher said, uh, <laughs> yeah. said we're pretty good. So we signed up. We yeah. watched a McKibben tutorial. So we <laughs> yeah. come out and try to play some volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, wait, was Norseka, like, your first professional experience then, technically, since the AVP folded? Uh, just kind of... So, let me backtrack. Let me think. I, well, I, so the first tournament I ever played in, the first, like, AVP tournament I ever tried to qualify for was the 2009 Chicago. So I was still living in Minnesota at the time. Yeah. 
played with uh, a buddy, um, Ryan Vanderveen, and he was the first guy I tried to, to qualify in an event with. And we won our first round and then lost to John Guida and Jake Elliott. It's weird that I still remember that. But we <laughs> lost in three and um, and then just hung around and watched. And um, I was actually talking to, uh, who was it? Oh, it was, uh, I was talking to Billy the other day just about, like, we were talking about just reminiscing about Sean Scott because he just got uh, into the Hall of Fame for CBBA. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we were talking just about the different guys that were in there. And, and that was the first time I had seen Sean Scott. And I, <laughs> so it was, it was just funny just because, like, growing up in Minnesota, you get used to seeing, like, a certain type of, like, physique, right? right, right. Like, we eat a lot of sausage, you know, we drink <laughs> beer and cream of mushroom soup and everything. And then, and then I go to this tournament, I see this dude, I'm like, what? <laughs> like an action figure what is going on like it was unreal so it was yeah it was it was a very eye-opening experience for me who for like at the time I was 24 and thought I was like young and in shape and like yeah. I can go out and play with these guys and I was like yeah. oh this is kind of another level <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was a definite eye-opener for me but yeah so then I after I moved out because that was in September and then I moved out like a month and a half later and then yeah, the Norseka tour kind of happened, or it was happening. Like those again, you could just kind of sign up for the events. So I played with Marcin Jagoda. He's a guy from used to be from Santa Monica or played in Santa Monica, and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit and played some events with him. And then, yeah, it was crazy that year, that first year, and then tried to qualify in Huntington. There was like a hundred and eight teams like in the qualifier, similar to what's going on now, yeah. and. Got knocked out by Dana Camacho and oh, Mike Brinsing <laughs> at the time. And yeah, and then uh, my first main draw was just like a gimme. It was the Dane Blanton wild card in 2010. Oh, nice. So Not a bad call up. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. No, it was huge for me. And, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think that would have happened had I not played like some of those Norseka events because Dane was kind of poking around and wanting to figure out like who an up and coming big guy was like to play with. And, right because it was the 10 year anniversary of his gold medal in, uh, in the Olympics. And, um, so he was kind of connected with some of the people in the USA office and they dropped my name and I was back home for the 4th of July, like on vacation yeah. at the cabin and got a call from Dane Blanton. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> what did like, you, like ridiculous. at the time, did you really know who Dane was? Cause you were pretty new to the game. I didn't know if you had yeah, like kind of done yeah. your due diligence at that point. For sure. No, I, so, so I had, as I kind of transitioned from my indoor career, career in quotes, I guess, at the University <laughs> of Minnesota, I played club ball there and uh, was transitioning into beach and, you know, was going to like local bars and stuff on the weekends for like these little local tournaments and playing and we would have like the AVP like up on the TV. And so I was watching guys like Rosie and Jake and Phil and Raji, like at the time I was like, oh, eight, you know, oh, nine. And kind of just learning the game and like from those guys, you know, so like, Oh, these are the guys that are great at beach volleyball. And I hadn't heard, like, obviously, you know what? I don't even know. Like, I don't even think I heard about like Sinjin or Randy or Karch or any of those guys. So like the guys that I like started watching to learn how to play were like the guys that We've I can play with and play with now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, so it's pretty wild in that sense, just kind of coming from that background where I didn't really have a volleyball history whatsoever. So, but as I got more and more interested in the game, I started paying more attention and doing some research and watching old matches. And so I, you know, I knew who Dane was for sure. When he called, he's like, hi, this is Dane Blanton. I was like, what? 
How did you get this number? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was rad. And Dane was, we got a couple of practices in with, with one of his buddies kind of just working through some stuff with us and figuring out where we're going to play. And I, you know, had the shakes. I was nervous and, you know, he's a gold medalist, you know, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, and, uh, it was, it was cool though. Cause he kind of same sort of deal, you know, Marson took me under the wing and kind of showed me the ropes for the, like that first phase. And then Dane kind of like brought me into the player tent and introduced me to, you know, I think it was Matt Gage at the time was running the player board and like the Oakley rep was there and he got me a pair of Oakleys and you know what I mean? And yeah. so I was like, this is like Candyland. And I sat <laughs> down and, and like Jake and Rosie were there with their mustaches cause it was Hermosa and they were, you know, gnarly. And I was like, Whoa. Like, and they were like, Oh, Hey Stafford. Right. And I was like, yes, yes. It, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. And I mean, we took like a 17th, I think, and like one, a match and we were on, I think it must have been like 16th Street and Hermosa, <laughs> like just as far away as possible from stadium or yeah. from anything that was going on. And I was just yelling my head off like it was like we had just won like a tournament. It was hilarious. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was fun. It was really cool. And that kind of got me. And it was like a tease, right? Because it kind of like wet my appetite and like, mm -hmm. OK, like. I kind of played against the level a little bit, got to watch a lot of volleyball, like just being at the tournament. And then like, that was the last one, you know, for 2010. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was a little bit rough, but, but it was an awesome intro to, yeah. to the main draw for was sure. Was it, I mean, playing with a gold medalist as your first main draw, because like, you know, I get nervous. I got nervous when I practiced against you and Casey this past winter. And yeah. like I can't imagine like <laughs> on the same team yeah, as course. a gold medal is like first main draw. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's always nerves. I think I think I was more excited than anything. Like yeah. it was it was kind of one of those like pinch yourself moments. Like, is this really happening? And like, it definitely is. So just go with it and 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 roll. So um, yeah, for me it was it was a really rad experience. And and I make sure to shake Dane's hand and give him a hug every time I see him. And we talk about that, that tournament often. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, I was talking about funny. You mentioned just kind of playing with him and the nerves of playing with a gold medalist. Like, uh, the other record that I have after Norseka <laughs> is, I think I mean, we might have to do some fact checking you could probably do that for me, but I think I've played with more Olympians than any other player in American you're, history. You're definitely up there. You're what? Four, six, six I now. Think. Yeah, a lot of gold medalists. So I played with Dane. Yeah, and retired him. <laughs> <laughs> Put him out to pasture. <laughs> I played with Raji in his last tournament. I played with him in 2015, but I played with him in his last tournament in 2016. So I retired him. Nice. I played with Rosie. I played with Casey. Uh, I played with Adrian. Yeah. Wow. He wasn't an Olympian at the time, but right. he, but he yeah. is now. True. Get that uh, added back in. Yeah. Exactly. And then. Uh, I played with Reed pretty in a tournament. There we go. In a Norseka. That was Norseka, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's six. Wow. Pretty gnarly. Holy cow. Yeah. Six in, in what, like nine years? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Six well, I guess we start, let's start it in 2010. Dane, so yeah. yeah. Years, yeah. <laughs> right. Just, Just another collecting. thing I probably have a record for. I have a lot of partners. Too. <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah, so that's, I mean, that was kind of a crazy, crazy situation. I, I mean, it was cool that, I mean, I can kind of take a look at it in a lot of different ways of, you know, those guys kind of seeing something in me and some potential and, and you know, um, 
yeah, so it was it was it was amazing for me to be able to have have that sort of experience and learn bits and pieces from those guys. Like just in the times I've got to play with them, Rosie was just a quick little stint while Phil had a oblique injury. And, yeah. In uh, 2015, and you went to. We were just looking at those the international tournaments. Was it Porich yeah. that you went with Rosie? Yeah, Porich. Yeah, Porich, and then Stavanger. It was good Norway. money on the FIVB back yeah, then. There was. Reach, I was yeah, like, try man. you split 11 grand for a nine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I jumped out the last two years when I dropped off the world tour were the perfect two years. <laughs> then you hop for back sure. in, yeah. and there's like 15 four stars next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Good timing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. We're, we're just waiting for you to come back. Yeah. Right, yeah. The sponsors. All right, were all guys. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that was, I mean, that was kind of like a Dane Blanton-esque sort of feel to it where Rosie, like, gave me the call and I was like, we're going to go to, like, Croatia and then Stavanger, <laughs> Norway, which was like the for nicest a Vikings fan. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. For a Vikings fan or a Minnesota guy, like, going to Norway was, I mean. Where you win a giant Viking, like, a steel a Viking sword, <laughs> sword that they ship to your house. Yeah. I love, like, all the, lo- oh. like, the local prizes. I, I like feel the, like they like should the do cowbell. more. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's I awesome. Mean, <laughs> My wa- my little like water yearn that they gave me in China wasn't that great, but <laughs> <laughs> where is it? I don't even know. It's, it's up there. Is it's it in Born Studios? It's somewhere the up there. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's nice. up there. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's there's. I feel like even with like AVPs or something like it's just it's exciting to like compete for something or be like oh like if we go to Texas we get like right a, yeah totally know, yeah whatever it would be just to remember it you know like, yeah yeah you go right. to Texas you get something. Yeah. Like a steak or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or some Texas Longhorns or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't exactly. know. That's what I meant. But yeah, so that that was a that was an awesome experience too. Just going to all these. I mean, and the, at the time it was those were like the top events. Like, were they Grand Slams? They were Grand Slams Grand at Slams, that time, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So they were Grand Slams, and yeah, just in rad places, and yeah, it was a pretty. I mean, playing with Superman. Don't right? talk. Yeah. Like, don't talk to Phil about all the trophies he has. I'm like, dude, I w- that'd be so sick to get one of those. He's like, yeah, I got I got two crossed up above my fireplace, and then I got one. I don't know where to put it. Yeah, right. And then I got, got these like giant box bag of metals. Of and, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's better. That's actually all these cowbells lined up yeah, lying around right. my house. Yeah, I'm a cattle ranch now, in, and in, I just uh, have them. Yeah. <laughs> in Stad, you get a giant cowbell. Which yeah. one morning I had a, I was catching a ride to the airport. I had a shared shuttle or whatever with April, who had like four bags. By the way, <laughs> I opened the door to get in the back. We're both very hungover, by the way, and it's like five a.m. and we have to fly back to America. But I get in the back, and every seat is covered in her luggage, and then on my seat is a giant cowbell. <laughs> Like, April, you're going to have to hold your giant cowbell that you just won. Thanks for rubbing it in my face, by the way. And How do you even get, get that thing somewhere. through the airport? What do you even do with that? It's like a heavyweight belt. You yeah. Know, just like exactly. over your shoulder. Well, that's what, yeah. So Casey, don't ask questions. Yeah, like I was talking to Casey about because he and Jake won a bronze. I forgot what year it was, but. Um, he said he just carried it. Oh, he got him. one. Yeah, through security. Yeah, just carry on. He was like, yeah. no, I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> yeah. checking it. Like, I'm put it around this. your neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good to hear. I mean, for Phil at least, like, because I was I played with Raji. Mm-hmm. I went up to Santa Barbara and or Santa Inez where he lives, and um, went to his house a couple times and trained it as 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 when he had the house with the beach court at it. 
And I was like, Raji, where are all the, like, the trophies and like medals? Because, I mean, super yeah. decorated. Right. He's like, oh, they're like in the garage somewhere. Like, didn't have them up. Uh, didn't even think about them. Phil they said there's, all... a bo- there's a box yep. for his medals. Yeah. Yeah. So he just comes back from a trip and goes, chink, clink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck. He just yeah. dunks it in like his vault of medals. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious that's what it sounded like yeah <laughs> oh, that's crazy how oh. important do you think it was for you to kind of get that call up in 2010 though because like you said you had just moved out made this huge life move yeah from minnesota to play beach volleyball and then there was no beach volleyball but you put your foot in the door it's like when it came back like you would be in a position to succeed but if you hadn't got that call up like do you think that that might have changed the fact that you stayed in california We're going to pause real quick for a word from our sponsors who keep the show moving. We are incredibly grateful for all of our sponsors and all of you, the listeners, who keep the show moving and keep moving us forward. Couldn't do it without you. Um, And now it's, it's nuts that how fast the AVP season went by. But since it is over now, it is probably time that you re-upped on your volleyballs. I know that mine have turned to a kind of brownish-yellow color, so I know it's time for me to re-up on my volleyballs. I'm sure it is time for you to as well. So go to wilsonvolleyball.com, use the discount code WILSONSAND to get 20% off of all purchases at wilsonvolleyball.com. This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to put that oodles of prize money somewhere. You might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees, 
partners, or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com, or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on, and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa. You can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at fireflyrecovery.com. Let us know what you think and use the discount code SANDCAST in all caps for a 10% off. All right, that is SANDCAST, all caps, for 10% off at fireflyrecovery.com. And now, back to the show. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You must do this a lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, no, I think think there are a number of factors that kind of kept me out here. Um, One is... For sure, just the I don't want to be the guy that went out and tucked tail and went back. Right. Right. Um, I think getting the call was like, again, it was for one tournament. I knew it was going to be for one tournament. Um, I don't know how much of a factor that was in terms of like, oh, now I'm going to stay for sure. But I think it, it allowed me to realize that someone else who had competed at a really high level at least had some thought that I had potential, right? Or could could yeah. succeed at it, right? And so, hey, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to, you know, roll the dice and, and go play this event. So that was encouraging. I mean, at that time, just because the tour had folded, like just being a part of the USA kind of high performance program, I mean, that's, that's ultimately like the decision. That was the deciding factor for me to move out. Like I, right in the initiation of that high performance program in 2009, I went to a tryout in Muskegon, Michigan, road trip with my dad out there, um, did the whole tryout, and then it was like a selected group that got to come out for two weeks to Hermosa in June. And so um, I just graduated from my master's program, didn't have a job yet. I was like, whatever, man, let's do this. So I went out and spent two weeks uh, with that training group um, and was in Hermosa the whole time and thought, well, this seems like a good place to be. So <laughs> it's not bad. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I, I, that, that was kind of it for me. That was the deciding factor of at least it's, it's worth a shot yeah. um, to go try to make it happen. So, um, but yeah, fast forward to 2010, you know, when everything kind of started crumbling, I think I had, I mean, I had set myself up pretty good with a, I was working full time, right? I mean, there's no way you can serve. Well, there's ways you can survive for (laughs) sure. And you've had guests on who, who, who survived in a lot of creative (laughs) ways. It's on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but 
for me, it was, it was, I mean, I had, I had graduated with a master's and I wanted to put that to use. And so I, I was working full time and working remotely. So I had some flexibility to get out and train and do stuff like that. And, uh, so I think, I mean, I think having that full time job was like, okay, like I can make this work. Like I can live in California, like stuff's like a little rough night right now as far as beach volleyball is concerned. But, um, I think somebody at the time compared it to like the stock market, like the market's low, like you invest. Like now's the time where you put in work. So like when it right. comes back, like you can be in it, right? So I never thought of it like that, but that's a really good way to put it. That's yeah, what yeah. it seems like. Like me coming back right now, out. I'm like, all right, like it sucked the last two years, but like I can see things gaining a lot of momentum right, right now. Like yeah. buy in now, put your work in now. For sure. Because you want to be peaking in the next year or two. Right. Obviously there, it goes with the Olympic quad, uh, and that's For pretty sure. obvious. But yeah. there's there's a lot more going on besides that. That's a good yeah. way to put it, though. Yeah, I mean, that, and so that for me, like that was huge to to kind of get that sort of feedback, and then and just to have the security of okay, I know I'm like life wise, I'm just gonna be okay, right? You know, and I've I'd made some friends, and um, you know, made some good relationships, and and people that were encouraging me to stay out and to keep working out and stuff like that. So that, that was huge for me to have that sort of support system. And, and obviously family back home, like it was tough and we missed each other, but both my folks were super supportive and, and encouraging. So, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult of a decision for me to stay and kind of gut it out. And, and I think by the time 2013 rolled around for like this next iteration of the AVP under Donald Sun, like, I was in a pretty good place and ended up um, partnering with Casey Jennings for the first few events and then um, and then hooked up with Adrian and, and Adrian and I qualified. I qualified for my first event in 2013 in Cincinnati and then we took a seventh and then there was a... Oh, Troy, you're not going to like this. <laughs> New Jersey? In Jersey, yeah, yeah in Atlantic City, yeah. So Yeah, but we got to gamble that whole time. It was way, way more fun yeah. for us. But yeah, I mean, that, I mean, and that for me was, uh, was huge, you know, like that, that tournament. So it was Atlantic City. It was, a, it was an eight-team tournament. So they had seven automatic entries and one through a qualifier. And oh. Adrian and I won the qualifier. And so we got to play. And then... Oh, that was through the quality you guys did that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah so no wonder we, it hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we lost to a qualifier team, but yeah, we ended up ended up beating Try and, and Hayden to to get to a fifth. So we had a seventh and a fifth, and then I mean we were in the draw after that. So yeah, yeah I didn't necessarily have like the. I mean, I guess over a course of two years, like with the Cuervos and NVLs and all that sort of like disjointed kind of tours, it was kind of a grind in that sense. But like the AVP grind, like I, I felt like I had put in the work on those other tours and kind of taken advantage of those low points to yeah. like, like we're saying, like be in a good position and, and capitalize on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, we've been, I've been clear of that yeah. point since, since 2013 after two events, you know, like, and that's, you know, obviously you've gone through it this year, like the highs and lows of qualifying <laughs> and then yeah. showing up the next day and going uno dos, like, you know, those, those first couple of wins, like, make a huge difference yeah. for sure so yeah that was clutch but speaking of a grind uh you mentioned adrian how about how about that guy's grind he's yeah. been doing, he's been like for a, sure a prisoner of volleyball over in not that italy's a terrible place he's living in rome but right 
We got to get that guy on the podcast one of these days. Yeah, yeah he's got for a crazy sure. story too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's I mean, he and I keep in touch. We we saw each other at a couple of events this year and Wilson Ambassador. Wilson Ambassador, fellow Wilson Ambassador. Um Yeah, I mean, I that that guy was and still is 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 like a like family and he lived in my house for a while, so he was kind of family. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but uh but yeah, no, he's he's kind of in a interesting situation over there. I know he's got some family over with him now, oh, so nice. that's helping out yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, we're hoping he can come back at some point here. I don't yeah. know what the logistics of that are, but um, he's trying to figure it out. And then such a good dude. Yeah, good dude. Heck of a volleyball player. Heck, just like an athletic talent. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's he invented his own brand of volleyball. Yeah, and style and For made sure. it work. And like if there's street ball volleyball, like and that's he, it. He said, <laughs> "Yeah," and he said, "I'm going to the Olympics." And everyone's like, uh, "You barely, like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> barely. You just made it to the top in the AVP, right?" And he said, "I'm going to the Olympics. Yeah. I'm going to Italy." And then yeah. he did it two years yeah. later. It's like, yeah, it was crazy. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I was I was playing in Long Beach because so so he <clears throat> so in 2014. That was our second season together. I was playing international with Will Montgomery, mm-hmm. and then I was playing AVPs with Adrian. So that was another right. Stafford's interesting partner <laughs> <laughs> story. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was awesome because Will and I were playing in that Long Beach tournament, and that's where he had his tryout with Palau. Like Palau came, oh, yeah. and yeah, Palau was the coach for for Italy for a long time, and uh, he came down and. Uh, Rafu was there actually. So Rafu, uh, Roberto Rodriguez, Ed Ratledge's partner this year, gnarly defender, Puerto Rican guy. Um, he and Rafu go back a long time. We had him on. Oh, you did. Perfect. Yeah. Got yeah. It. yeah. So everybody, you know, they know, they know. Um, all right, y'all. It is the holiday season, so it's giveaway time. We are uh, in the giving mood here at Sandcast, and Stafford Slick has agreed to give away a, a Wilson volleyball that is signed by the Viking himself, Stafford Slick. So here is how you enter the contest to win Stafford's ball. You have to post a picture of your holiday decorations with Wilson somewhere in it. You could get a Wilson volleyball ornament. You could put Wilson as the centerpiece instead of an angel or a star at the top of the tree. Just throw Wilson on top. Whatever it is, we want you to both follow uh, Stafford and Wilson volleyball on Instagram. You can find them yourself. Tag them in the photo of you using Wilson in your holiday decorations. And the Sandcast squad and Stafford will determine our winner and send you the Stafford Slick signed volleyball. So looking forward to seeing these posts. It's Christmas season. Let's uh, let's have some fun with this. So enjoy the rest of our episode with Stafford Slick. Looking to see. Looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. But yeah, so Rafu like set for him like and. Adrian was so jacked up. Like we rode back up to, to our place together and he was all fired up and like every point, every target he pointed to, I hit it on the first try. Like he said, he was just lights out. And then he got the call and got to play with her Gary. And I mean, again, similar sort of situation where you invent your own style of volleyball. You have your own unique style that guys in the U S have seen, but guys on the world tour haven't seen at all. Right. And then you show up, right at the start of Olympic qualification and guys don't know what to do with you. And yeah. then like you get and a couple of great finishes. Hell with yeah. Swag and everything. Super swag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gangster level swag. Like, uh, <laughs> and you roll in and like you qualify. Alan for the Iverson rolling yeah. in at like what was he, like five ten? It's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. 
just yeah. with his baggy clothes and like all that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, he's got a his legend. own style. Yeah. No, he's 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 a good dude, and nothing but the best for him. So I hope I hope uh, I hope he gets to come over here and, and do a show with you guys for sure at some point. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. That must have been fun we'll bring to play it to with him too. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. What's that? That must have been fun because I know like I mean you had played a couple main draws with Casey but then like you really I feel like you really made your mark with Adrian and that's kind of when you sort of broke out I feel like that was probably a really fun guy to do that with yeah just because like you have to watch Adrian play volleyball right when he's there yeah no he it was it was really interesting how many times people would just kind of like walk past him or you know just not even take a second look at him and then he'd walk out on the court and people would be like what's this guy is he like shaking balls <laughs> yeah. like what's going on and that absolutely fueled him right oh, like yeah. that he that's what he wanted he wanted hecklers he wanted people just to like the more beers were flowing like he would send beers over to guys like yeah. to get him keep to keep him going like he loved it and so yeah he's just one of those just exceptionally naturally talented yeah. like I took him bowling once for, he says, his first time ever. Yeah. And he was throwing a straight ball. Everyone watches Adrian play volleyball. Like, he uses his wrist right. better than anyone, mm-hmm. almost. With the exception of maybe Casey Patterson. I don't know. You guys can fight over that. Eh. I'd throw Rafu into the mix. Yeah? Well, Rafu's wrist is nasty. Let's all agree that they're equally nasty. <laughs> so Adrian's, like, throwing a straight ball. For really like for the first game, and he bowls like an eighty-five or something like that. And I was like, you should try curving it. And he was like, what do you mean? You can and do then, that. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah, and then he bowls like a one sixty-five or something like that. He's just like, hustling. Just, He's like, yeah, Yo, I should do that with uh, <laughs> yeah. thirty bucks on the line. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's a better too. Loves his fantasy football a bit. But uh, yeah, kind of Rosie-esque in a way where he just does stuff that you're like, what? Yeah, it just happened. Yeah. It's so frustrating to play yeah. against too, for sure. I remember on the world tour, uh, I forget what the exact story is, but eventually um, everyone was calling him physio because they thought that he was just following the teams around. <laughs> <laughs> he was the physio. Someone called, like, thought he was a physio, yeah. and then Hayden just like laid just it took on him. It. Yeah, yeah, that was just his nickname from then on. That's so funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. well, your most your most recent Olympian you played with this year. Yeah. With Casey. Um, and I know that that partnership is now moving on. So you're back with your new, a new old partner. New old partner. And yeah. Billy Allen. Yeah. So what prompted that decision making? Yeah. Um, so weird. I didn't think you were going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> we warmed you up for a little bit. Right. We got you yeah. a glass of wine. Yeah. Contrary to yeah. what the, the, the chug that wine there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It was, it was interesting how many people sent me, like, a text of, like, the Dig Magazine page where Casey wrote, you know, because he does, like, the top ten things or whatever. It's right. like, oh, Stafford and I are making a run for 2020 in Tokyo. And, yeah, I mean, at, at the time, I mean, and I think throughout the whole season, like, that that was our plan. And, uh, you know, we had mixed results. Um and it wasn't for lack of trying. Um, we went through a couple of different coaches. Um, we went through a couple of different methodologies as far as like practice was concerned. Started getting support through uh, Tyler Hildebrand and, and um, the USA national team, the training team there, and got some good insight. And Tyler obviously has, you know, the best record of, of or the, the best knowledge of, of how Casey operates and how we could work together as a team, um, having coached him and Jake to the Olympics. And 
Um, you know, so we, we pooled a lot of resources and, uh, and I think the year, like the honeymoon phase was pretty great. Like we were training, working really hard and that started, I mean, essentially a year ago now in November. Um, but then we're, we're trying a few different things with me on the right side and, and that sort of stuff. So, so we went through all of these kind of different ups and downs and highs and lows. And, um, I don't think we ever found just like that steady groove of, that you see with, with, with the top teams, whether it's in the world or on the AVP, you know, you see that steady progression of like, we're building every tournament and getting better. And I think, I think we had flashes of, of really great volleyball. Um, but I think the consistency is something that we were both looking for. And so when it ultimately kind of came to, um, the end of the season after Vegas, um, and another finish that we were pretty disappointed with, um, like, like Casey mentioned it in the dig um, write up that he did is our communication. Like we felt like we were the one seed in communication. Like Casey has had kind of a history of storming off after, after losses. And he's taken a lot of flack for that over the years, but um, he's definitely learned from that experience. And, and we didn't have moments like that. Uh, or if we did, they were few and far between. And if they did happen, it's because we were both so frustrated that we <laughs> both kind of went away and then came back. But but we always came back and had great conversations about what we needed to improve on, where we thought the breakdown was. And, um, you know, so we, we put all those things into place to, to execute them. And then it, it was just, it was never getting, we were never on the same page. I don't think of, um, well, not, not, not that we weren't on the same page, but we were, it was either one of us was performing, the other one was underperforming or something like that. Right. So, it was always this just weird sort of feeling where we were trying really, really, really hard to like make it work where in other partnerships, both of us have had, it just, you try, you worked hard in practice, but like there was a click, like right. it happened. And, and, and I think that's something that surprised us because we went into the season super fired up, right? A lot of energy, a lot of fire, a lot of passion on the court. And not that those things I think those things are important, but they don't necessarily set the great teams apart from the, the good teams or the flashy teams, right? And and I think we we were trying to find that balance all year, and I don't think we are just I just don't think we ever found it. And so um, when it came time to have that conversation, it was pretty amicable. We were both on the same page, and and you know, you know, like I said, it just felt like we were we were trying too hard and mm. and not and not getting anywhere, and right. so maybe it just wasn't the right fit. Well, plus you're coming off a year where it seemed like, I mean, I was watching from the outside broadcasting and stuff, and it seemed like it really was kind of clicking with Billy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it seemed like your game was kind of coming, you could right. tell it was it was getting better and better. Yeah. And uh, So then, yeah, when you partnered with Casey, it was like, oh, crap, like Stafford's getting better. He's teaming up with the Olympian. Yeah. And you guys were probably expecting that as well. But yeah. I yeah, guess. it's and it's interesting. I mean, again, obviously we've we've talked a little bit about it already, just having a lot of different partners. Like I've gone through those kind of growing pains and ups and downs with with a number of guys and and you know, I think when it came time, you know, again at the end of the season to either make the decision to continue with Casey or to to make a change I couldn't help but reflect on the season that I had with with Billy and and granted 
Casey and I played a lot more international this season than I played in any previous season. Right. And AV and I, and Billy and I had a lot of success on the AVP. So so that that's a conversation that Billy and I are having now about okay, how do we take our game to the international level? Right. So, um, but it was it there wasn't that like why we're trying so hard? Why isn't this working? Right. Sort of feel to it. It was we were we were we were working hard and and that and that hard work was paying off in terms of finishes and in terms of um, I mean, won my first tournament, was in three finals in a row, right. you know, with Billy. And, and so um, um, when it came time to make that decision, it was it was something that just fit and something right. that made sense. And so, um, yeah, that was that was ultimately the, the deciding factor there. And now you got your you mentioned you you want to play. Well, Billy has never really been full time on the world tour, right? Correct. Not really. Yep. So yeah. now you want to transition his game and your well your game together yeah. to the world tour, but now you got the help of Johnny Mayer, right? Yeah. You guys brought him on board. Yeah, he just retired. We just had him on the podcast, um, and he's going to help you guys now. So that's yeah. a whole another dynamic that you get to add to what you guys already had together. Yeah, and he gets to help Billy kind of make that transition to the world tour, which is not. I don't think it's going to be very hard. It's more the lifestyle of it that Billy would be unfamiliar with, not right. the, the yeah, game. His I, game is so complete. His game's pretty already. universal. Yeah, yeah, right. I think I think he has the ability to succeed at at whatever level he decides to play at. And so you know that was a big kind of that was a big portion of our conversation. Is you know what are, do our goals align as far as international competition? Are we making the run for Tokyo, like that sort of thing? And and you know at the end of our 2017 season. Um, we never really had that sit down. We never really had that, that conversation. And, uh, um, there was an event at the end of that year, um, in China, which nobody ever wants to go to an end of the year <laughs> event in China. And so Billy was like, no, dude, I'm pretty fried. Like, I don't, I don't think I want to go. And so I ended up playing that event with Eric Zahn, um, in kind of that one-off event. And, and I think I made a rash decision at that point because it, it was, around then or shortly after I got back from that where Casey reached out and was pretty aggressive. Like I want to go for another Olympics. I want to make this happen and go international, which true to his word, like we did for sure. Um, but I think, I think I, I needed to have a different conversation with, with Billy that I didn't necessarily allow myself to have. And so, um, I don't know if things would have been different, but I, I think, um, I think it's a little poetic, right? We both parted ways and, and kind of learned different things from our respective partners throughout the year and, and about ourselves, right, and what our ultimate goals are. And so um, I think we're coming back together with, uh, with a renewed perspective and with, with the help of John, too. That's, that's going to be clutch. I mean, both of those guys, I mean, Billy, and I mean, they both do, right? They have great minds for the game, and they both are damn good volleyball players. And, and so, good mind for, uh, like, what, sci-fi? fantasy novel now they had you on their podcast yet no they haven't no i don't think i know enough about volleyball for them to put me on their podcast no i'm just kidding but uh but yeah no i'm 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 excited i'm i'm hopeful and i'm you know really grateful that john has been open to having those conversations with us obviously he's got a lot of uh, obligations at LMU and commitments that he's made there, and um, that's going to be his number one priority. But um, once all is said and done, there he's he said he's willing to work with us, so we're looking forward to that for sure. I feel like sometimes with partnerships, like 
breaking up with a partner that you've been having some success with can sometimes be one of the better decisions you'll make because then you realize exactly what you were looking for. Like you go away from because you look at like a lot of qualifier guys do that all the time, just on a different sure. scale. So like you look at the example I always use is when Ben and Clemens broke up. Mm-hmm. Neither of them had success for like three tournaments, got back together, and then they took like they made like four straight main draws at the end of the year. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what might have happened. I don't want to assume, but like with you and Billy too, you probably found the type of partner that you had the most success with. Yeah, and I think it's 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 one of those things, whether it's volleyball or whether it's life, right? Sometimes it's really good, and, and that can be a little bit uh, suspicious, right? We're right. like, maybe this is not. <laughs> I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is too good. Maybe let's let's dip our toes in somewhere else and, and see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's very true just in, in terms of in volley where, especially at that level, like with qualifier guys, like you guys are – you know, bouncing around trying to play the points game and trying to, you know, who knows who and what city and where can we sleep? And yep. you know what I mean? Like there's so many <laughs> yeah. different factors that like come into play. Um, it's a great experience though that not like, pretty, I think every single volleyball player, you, you have to go through that at least yeah, for a little bit. For sure. I mean, it's fun for sure. Yeah. Like, me and oh, Higgins put like yeah. a twin bed in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you don't go back to that. If, no. if you start going back to that, you quit and right. get a real job. Yeah, right. There's, that's yeah, the only yeah. time when it's okay to be in that stage, you know, yeah. and you can just have fun and, sure. and live it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, th- I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And that's, you know, people kind of get ragged on because, oh, they just keep playing in the qualifiers. Like, why don't they just hang it up sort of thing? But there's a certain like appeal to that process right and it's the people that not just not necessarily just uh, the uh the adage of like oh just trust the process is I, like i agree with that to a sense but if you're if your process is wrong like you right. shouldn't be trusting it right so <laughs> yeah. so there's definitely players that you know you know maybe in the qualifiers and and kind of just grinding it out and you know maybe they have the shot maybe they don't but a change needs to be made but yeah i think for for a lot of guys um, and you, you've obviously, Travis, you've made some impressive strides this year and have shown the potential that you can get in there and, and, and do some damage. So You basically wrote a book about it. You basically <laughs> wrote a book about it. Kind just of a did. plug, right? Should we, should we, pause? Should we take a commercial break for the plug? <laughs> but no, I, I think, uh, yeah, embracing, embracing, especially, you know, if you... You've got buddies, right? Like you're all competing against each other, but you know, like one of your buddies gets in, you're like, God dang it, I wish that was me, but congrats, dude. Like yeah. that's huge, you know? Like, and there's you like tries right, you don't go back to that. Cause if you get to a certain level and you're in the draw and then you start fading back into that area, it's yeah, it might be time. No. Unless you're Ratledge, then you just although he's never faded back to that, has he? He's just kind he just, of well, he was in so I played Ed in the Huntington Beach qualifier of twenty sixteen. So he was in qualifiers as recently as 16, and then he just won. <laughs> yeah. He's on a, just the most steady and slow incline. Just, <laughs> and he's been around so long that he just won a tournament. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing yeah. to stick around that long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that guy is a, like the epitome of playing for the love of the game. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. He, uh, like, he's like the, uh, God, it's always told, like the bamboo tree. How like it grows for like five years and no one sees it, and then in like three weeks it sprouts like six feet. Yeah, really. And everyone sees it grow six feet in like yeah. a couple of weeks, <laughs> but it's huh. like five years and no one so can fast. see. It. Oh, yeah. No, it's taken forever to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is that's how it is for like 
I don't know, anyone that just pops up on tour, you know? For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a lot wow, went into just, that. Yeah, like when I first came out, everyone thought, I mean, I did it pretty quick, but I got yeah. picked up by Hyden. Right. But I had been playing beach. I had played so much more Since beach as a kid. Walk. Yeah, than <laughs> yeah, right. anyone else. They're like, how'd you just learn the game so quick? I was like, I kind of felt like I could play this way. Yeah. Like, And then I just had to go play indoor in the meantime, because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. And then I came out on the beach. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think too, I mean, for, for you know, whether you're a diehard fan or a casual fan or somebody who just rolls up to a tournament, I mean, like, for a guy to, like, pop on, like, you just see them at tournaments. You don't see the work. They're I mean, with social media, you do, I guess, a little bit more. But, like, <laughs> yeah. dude, everybody's yeah, right. got their own grind, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it may not be the same, and it might not be always in the gym, but everybody's grinding and trying to yeah. figure out a way to, to get better and make it work. Or most of us go to, like, yeah, you, like, go on the Narseka tour. You're, like, on the down low, like playing all these tournaments yeah. what I did I, I just hung out with Will Montgomery and I got like <laughs> five years of reps in one year yeah, and then sure. I was ready yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but I also think of like uh Chase Buttinger got the rookie of the year this year on the AVP and he his speech at the awards yeah, bank was cool. like yeah I've actually been playing this sport my whole life I just played basketball for a while and nobody knew so I feel like I shouldn't get this rookie award yeah. and it should go to someone else. Yeah. yeah. That was basically the speech. But and he gave yeah. Troy a nice shout out. Yeah, he gave Troy yeah, Field a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's rare that guys just jump on and, oh, my gosh, surprise, surprise. Especially in this sport. Right. Like, for sure. I don't know. I feel like it's one of the hardest sports to, to not master. I don't know if you ever master it, but right. to really get to a high level you don't just jump into this sport yeah right. i think i think the macro skills like that's why you see a lot of the basketball players are able to make an easier transition because mm -hmm. like i mean the jumping and the lateral movement but then once you get into the the nuances of it right i, I think by far i've played pretty much every sport that there is to play golf number one by far hardest to learn and then i think beach is probably number two didn't you write a book on golf fiction but yeah fiction that was my right. first one and basketball. And basketball. <laughs> <laughs> now beach volleyball. Nice. Sports guy. <laughs> she grew up in sports. But we mentioned the uh, the grind that you put in to make these strides. And so what is your grind looking like right now? Like I know that with beach in the season the way it goes now, I mean we have a four star as early as January and a four star as late as the end of October. Right. So have you like are you and Billy talking about running the Hague? Are you Taking a little bit of break, giving your legs and shoulder a rest. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, at this point, um, yeah, like you said, the the season used to be back in the day, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't even that long ago. Uh, it seems like it was, you know, April. There were some FIVBs, and then you know everything was pretty much wrapped up in September. But now it's it's becoming a, a year on string, which is which is I think is great for the sport for sure. Um, but I think it definitely shifts the way that we train and prepare for a season. Um, there's not the luxury of like a total shutdown and, you know, let's build some strength and, you know, yeah. get a full cycle of lifting in and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there's definitely ways you can do that and modify it to the schedule. But um, yeah, I mean, right now it's a little bit of rest. Billy's in, in Puerto Vallarta right now for South of the Border Volley Vacations. So um, we're kind of giving ourselves to the end of this month and, um, and then, you know, through the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we're going to put in some pretty consolidated work and mayor's going to help us with a little, 
uh, training program, you know, and then we're going to go do the Hague. I mean, we have to at this point, right? Yeah. So um, this guy showed up on the world tour and started just taking points from everybody and <laughs> sitting across the table from me now. So, so he and his partner, uh, just passed us. So, um, yeah, I mean, at this point with, with our positioning, um, in the U S internationally, at least, uh, for international points, um, we have to go play the Hague. So, so we'll do that one. And then, um, yeah, the, the real bulk of the season is what it's like May, June, July, isn't it like 13 weeks in a row or something yeah, ridiculous? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know so. what, like, when are we going to get to play AVP? Or, I mean, yeah. they're not going to move their events, probably. But right, yeah. So, yeah. See what so, happens. Yeah, I mean, again, like, we, we talked about the cyclical nature of beach volleyball now, just in terms of, like, quantity events and quality of events. And I think, obviously, FIVB is making a push to have a lot more events this year. So, um, you know, we're going to need to be strategic. I mean, I, I think there is the kind of novice urge that I have to be like, we're going to do them all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm 33, going to be 34 in January and, and the body doesn't necessarily recover like it used to. And so, um, you know, I think we're both healthy now and we want to keep it that way. So, um, you know, we're gonna have to be a little strategic about which events we play and, and we're gonna have to see how USA handles it, honestly, because there's been, no real degree of consistency in terms of we're doing on-site country quotas versus domestic country quotas. It's kind of, yeah. it seems like it's, um, you know, kind of on an event by event case by case basis. So, um, we'll see if they're going to do something. They've already announced the potential country quota for the Hague, um, like the week before Christmas. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna kind of play that stuff by ear, but, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately looking to make that run. And so um, we're going to be, yeah, committing to a lot of travel for sure. Yeah. Which, which you talk about a grind, you know, not everybody's grind is different, right? And our, our grind is, you know, leaving family. Yeah. You know? And that's tough for me now with... Um, baby you know, number two, right? Baby number two. Yeah, exactly. So Not getting uh, which not congratulations, getting this by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah congrats. Yeah. Named her after your girlfriend, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, so that, that's, uh, you know, towards the end of this season even, I mean, we had, we got knocked out of Manhattan Saturday night, um, 15, 12, and then had, had her the next morning at 6 a.m., so it was, you know, so. It's a wild shift of emotions. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was intense, yeah, it was, it was cool, though, I mean, it was, it was beautiful and Julie crushed it and you know I think she was in labor for like half hour like it was nuts yeah just dominated that yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely so um but yeah and then it was you know it was tough you like the first six weeks of her life I was I think I was there oh, for yeah. four of them or I was there for two of them yeah Dang. so yeah it was just kind of weird kind of Saying hi, little one. Good to meet you. And <laughs> yeah. then taking off, you know. So, um, but yeah. So that's that's. I mean, the, but that's just another factor and, and part of part of the life we choose, right? So yeah. Like, did uh, um, did having Casey around help you with that? Because he's probably had to do something very similar, what four times. Oh yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. nice to meet you. I'm out. I'll be yeah. see you when you're uh, like walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, and that's. Not and, quite. And they, not quite that bad. <laughs> yeah, not quite that. Not quite that long. But I mean, yeah, I think we were on the road this year and 
Blake, his youngest, took her first steps while he was watching on FaceTime or said her first words. Wow. And yeah, so, you know, it's that's stuff that you don't necessarily think about. I mean, we're not like military spouses by any means where we're gone for, you know, six months at a time or whatever it is. But, um, you know, it, it takes a toll for sure. And you miss out on moments. Like, you know, my son's birthday is July 1st. I, you know, he's had two birthdays and I haven't been there. For, I've only been there for one of them, right? And, yeah. you know for the next couple of seasons at least, like I probably won't be there. So, you know, you, you take the, take the time you can get. And, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't know when his birthday is, so we just celebrate (laughs) a different different day, but, but yeah, there's just, there's just different things that, you know, if you're 25, 26 and just hungry and fired up, like it's just, those are things you don't have to think about. Right. So, but. So you're not sleeping in like me right now. (laughs) Yeah. What time do you wake up? Try um, I set my alarm for like eight thirty nine. Set an alarm for nine. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Daylight savings has screwed me up. Though, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> my, well, uh, do it while I can. I have. I don't need to set an alarm anymore. My my dog literally punches me in the face at six every nice. morning. I mean, it's like it is basically as as reliable as an alarm clock. Yeah, it's just. Pause straight to the face. <laughs> like, dad, dad, it's time to get up. <laughs> time to go. Yeah. My dog will sleep the entire day. <laughs> Bentley. You two get pissed. along, huh? He gets pissed. Uh, yeah, when he has to get out of bed. Like, <laughs> 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 Bentley Daddy. gave you the standard introduction, though. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. he really was not a huge fan of Anders. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the only guest that he's bit is Anders Mole. He, he barks him? at everybody. Yeah. Bit Anders, yeah. Did he try to get too friendly with him too fast? And it's it was the week before I played Anders in the semis in Vegas. So <laughs> sabotage. It almost worked. <laughs> and then he crushed us and won the tournament, but whatever. It's okay. You're yeah. in it's a good territory shot. with everybody else. Yeah. It's a good shot. Have you played the Norwegians yet? Only a couple of rallies back and forth in the King of the Court yeah. series. What did you think of the King of the Court? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was rad. I thought Wilco and, and the whole Sportworks crew, like, they crushed it. I think it was an awesome event, um, awesome series of events. We were one of the, the fortunate few teams that got to do all four of them. Um, so, yeah, we did Utrecht in Netherlands and then went straight to Belgium the next day and then flew to Hawaii and then came back to Huntington. Um, I think it's cool. I think it. Uh, I think their flexibility with... Yeah, we'll just if you guys don't like this rule, like let's talk about <laughs> yeah, it. And yeah. Maybe we'll change it, right? Like yeah. they 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 really don't have anyone to answer to, right? They got sanctioned by the FIVB, so they're stoked with that. Um, but they're writing their own rules right now, and so they're just kind of making it whatever the players think. They sent out a big survey and are, are taking yeah. a lot of feedback right now. So, um, which is kind of refreshing, right? Because I feel yeah. like, I mean, with the AVP. There were some rule changes, but there was a player committee meeting and a couple of meetings about it, but it wasn't like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Let's take your feedback. And it was kind of like, here's what we think yeah. we're going to do, right? Yeah. Which is okay. It's ended up working out. I think people, I think there's a lot of mixed reviews about the freeze, but um, but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think what they're doing is refreshing. I think it yeah. adds a different style to the game. I think um, something that was really cool um, well, not really cool because Musin was hurt, but um, Alexander Brower from Netherlands ended up playing with Oleg Stoyanovsky from Russia. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Monster. Huge. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oleg. Yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> Fitting name. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's a beast and he's like twelve or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but that was rad. I mean two you know, two different styles of play, but like two guys from different countries fighting language barriers to like yeah. figure out how to play on the court. And you know, it it just it for a fan that's been invested and knows who those players are, it makes it like a really cool experience, right? To the casual observer, it's just a faster paced, like higher intensity, like right. you know, right? You know, time time constraints, all that sort of stuff. But um, to fans that are really invested in the sport, like you could almost you could almost do it where like fans could get involved and do like a fantasy draft and like you know pick players or something like oh, that, yeah. you know, like and and. Like someone could pitch that to SportWorks and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I like that idea. Maybe we'll do that for yeah, one, right? You know, yeah." Make I thought out. it was cool when <laughs> I was like off on the side. I'm looking up at the fans, and they're all like, you can just see everyone's heads at the same time. They watch the point, and then they're, all their heads go up to the scoreboard. Yeah, and they all go down. Yeah, they're like fully engaged the entire time, yeah. and so are we, for sure. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's just I, I think the the anticipation and the excitement of like getting over to the king side it was like something that i wasn't really prepared for i was yeah. like so fired up as yeah. anytime we earned a point i was like yes let's go do this <laughs> yeah. or not earned a point but even just got the chance to like right. go over to the king side yeah and then obviously if you go on a run while you're over there it's just amazing yeah <laughs> it's super good but yeah exactly but yeah it was it was uh i think it was a really great i i don't think you'll get like top teams like skipping like FIVBs or anything to go play them, but like if they if they are strategic with how they schedule things, I think a lot of players will go play them. Yeah, well, we had we had Wilco on, and one of the things he said is that uh, as part of their agreement with the FIVB that they can't schedule a king of the court for three fours or five stars. Ah, it sure. has to be there, so there pretty, which yeah. I don't think any of the two star guys would probably be invited like right off the bat anyway. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I th- I thought it was cool. I think um, I don't know. It's it's. You know, we've kind of talked about this a, little, a couple of times too, just about like the progression of the sport and things kind of building. And I think there's a lot of things building right now, which is yeah, yeah. pretty awesome. Um, you know, we'll see. I think a lot of those things got introduced this year with King of the Court, FIVBs, kind of throwing a ton more events out. AVPs are trying to schedule around that, and then enter P fourteen forty. Like I just I, there's. There's a lot in the mix right now, and it'll be interesting after this year where everything kind of got introduced to see how everything what sticks, meshes, what evolves, yeah, or meshes, year, yeah, yeah. I know. I I hope that they kind of keep collaborating. That's what the, the coolest thing for me is with King of the Court is that they're collaborating with AVP, FIVB, right, <clears throat> and the players most of all. They're yeah. like. How, how was this? Yeah, the survey. Right. I actually just did it today, and it was literally just asking about every little piece yep. of their tour. Yep. How was our social media? Oh, if we if we were to post less, what what would you think? If we were to like uh, post pictures, or would you be more likely to to repost our King of the Court promotions, right. or if we sent yeah. you a picture of yourself of playing? Yourself, right. Yeah. And we're like, well, of ourselves. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're shameless self-promoters. Yeah. yeah. That's also part of our job description. But it was stuff like that. And then it was like, how did you like the dinners? Like, we 
How'd you like when we took you surfing? <laughs> Which is a would you would you still do it yeah. if we didn't take you surfing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Which is a, yeah, that no. was tough to answer. Would you still do it if you couldn't eat? I need a maybe, pounds of coconut shrimp at Outlander. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, well, are you gonna take it away if I say yes? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I need a maybe button. Right. Yeah. No, I mean it's 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 cool because they they definitely care and not and not to say by any stretch of the imagination that the other tours don't care because they definitely do just but a different approach it's a different approach a different approach and they're so different from anything else that's out there right now that like uh, there's no conflict right it's not like yeah i don't yeah i don't know go do your thing right, right. you know they're You're, just kind of like yeah. hey we're over here we're just going to do our stuff and we're going to try to make it really really awesome you know it was yeah. it was cool for us for casey and i because it was um, you know, like they they took care of everything, like flights, and it was like the first time That's I didn't awesome. have to book my own flights. It was yeah. the first time I didn't have to like think about like what I was going to eat or where I was going to eat that night or like if the food was going like, to be okay like to eat. Two, <laughs> like two nights before the main draw. Yeah, usually right. like once you get to the main draw, the meals in the hotel, exactly. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. like, yeah, they're they're scheduling stuff two nights out, yeah. and I'm like in Hawaii, like, oh. That we have stuff already. <laughs> There's stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, right. right. What are we doing? Like... Yeah. And it was cool because they they really wanted to create like that sense of community and connection and like friendship amongst the athletes because we were all doing something like special and cool. And the world together. tour players like we're yeah, usually exactly enemies. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. The only reason the Americans are friends is because we we have to be or yeah. else we'd be around our enemies <laughs> at all times. Yeah. <laughs> we'd right. be just miserable. Yeah. But like on the world tour, we're friendly. Like a lot. I mean, players right. are friendly, but for the most part, you're there to do yeah. your business. Right. The world's uh, king of the court. Like really, Wilco talked about it. He really wanted us to all like get together and have fun together and share yeah. personalities and yeah. build new friendships. And that was which I think totally happened. worked. Like yeah. for me, for sure. Because again, I hadn't done a ton of international. I mean, I'd, I had you know five or six events here, five or six events there, like over the past couple of years, and then. But to like, I think we were in Belgium and, you know, we went out like for dinner and had a, had a great meal. And then like, there was just a question that was tossed up, like who wants to go out when we get, because we had to take the bus back to, to the Netherlands, like who wants to go out when we get back? And like, you know, Samoylov's from Latvia and Oleg from Russia and Anders and Christian, like we're all fired up on it. So like, we all went out as a group and, you know, we're eating like falafel at like two in the morning, you know, just... <laughs> chatting with each other about world tour about how rad king of the court was like what's going on avp you know it was just yeah. it was it created a much different dynamic versus right. like an fivb where you're like we're gonna go watch film and then we're gonna talk to our coach we're gonna get treatment and then we're gonna go to sleep right yeah. you know like it was just it was it was cool to have that sort of stripped away and just like we could just be like dudes having fun right yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. cool it's fun. Good times. We've kept you for a while here, and I know you have uh, two children I to do. look after and probably not a whole lot of sleep, <laughs> I'd assume, just yet. Uh, so we don't want to keep yeah. you too long. Uh, is Guys, there anything... I might not get my, uh, my 10 hours <laughs> in. But is there is there anything that you want to bring up that we haven't brought up yet? Uh. I don't think so. We'll talk about it next time we come on. Yeah, yeah there we, go. Yeah, we covered every, we covered your hair. We yeah. I mean, down to King of the yeah. Court. So we had a, a pretty buns. comprehensive. <laughs> Steam <laughs> Look how far we've come. It's been such a journey. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, for sure. uh, well, where can our listeners keep up with Stafford Slick? Where can they find you? Uh, well, my cell number is no. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Instagram is what all the kids are doing these days. So yeah. I try to keep up with that. So, um, so there for sure. I, I mean, that's kind of number one. And then, you know, I think the great thing about our sport is, uh, how available we are and how accessible we are at events. So, um, I'm from Minnesota. I'm really nice. So <laughs> yeah. come and chat with me. People don't think about it much or when I, at least when I had the hair, I think it was intimidating, but, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, come up and chat, shake my hand and. Let's let's talk volley, talk life, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And now for our for our final question, if you had one piece of advice to give to an up and coming beach volleyball player, maybe for any up and comers from Minnesota listening, mm. what would that piece of advice be? That is a great question, and I have a quote that somebody told me, and I didn't think about this beforehand, so I hope I don't butcher it. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it came at a time when I was sitting at. Uh, at a desk in Minnesota and thinking about, I couldn't get my mind off of Hermosa beach cause I had been there for two weeks in, in June. And I was like, I, I gotta get back out there. And, and, uh, a, a family friend who, um, you know, kind of supported me in, in, in that move said, um, the potential benefits far outweigh the relatively minimal risk. And, and I thought long and hard about that and, you know, to kind of, you know, summarize that it's, you know, the worst that could happen is that I go and I try and I fail and then I do something else, right? Life goes on. So that's the, the risk, although it seems scary and seems like only a select few ever get to go and do it, you're never going to get that chance if you don't do it. So give it a shot. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Of course. Good to have you on. That was fun. Thanks, boys. Good luck to you and Billy. We'll be following along. I'm Maybe ready. we'll see a, a battle between uh, the Sandcast boys here and the I'm sure we will. Oh, <laughs> hey, I got to talk Trevor into it. <laughs> He's like, uh, I usually don't go to uh, those. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stafford, well, we'll let you get back to uh, your growing family. Okay. <laughs>